Welcome to the Central Christian Church Podcast. We pray this message helps you find and follow Jesus. If you would like to connect with us more, please visit us at centralsj.org. So today, it actually leads me to what I would like to discuss with you is do first what matters most. Do first what matters most. Turn to your neighbor and say, do first. Come on now, say do first. Now, say the second part, what matters most. Do first what matters most. I want you to grab that, learn that. If you're taking notes, read, write, and recite. You're better to retain what we discussed this morning. Philippians 3.13 says this. It says, no, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. But I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and look, for, look forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. It's forgetting the past, looking forward to what is next, the future. Students from Strayer University and out of New York City set up a chalkboard outside of a park with this statement on it. It says, write your biggest regrets. They left this up all day and the, the board began to fill up with statements like this, not saying I love you enough, not trying hard enough, giving up too soon, not uh, being a better friend, not being a better spouse, not taking a risk, not applying for the school. Whenever they got done looking at all the, the not statements, the word crept up to the top, the three-letter word, not. Many of us thinking about regrets, looking at regrets, looking and understanding that there are some things in life we have questions to, but what we can't worry about and focus on is what's had happened, but what can possibly and potentially happen in the future. When the students were studying the not statements, they began to realize that there was still moments that people can look forward to the future and capture and continue on. So today, as we get ready to dive into this parable, the greatest problem that you and I have or regret that you and I may have isn't a promiscuous lifestyle, isn't drinking too much, isn't not being a better friend or being a better spouse or living in a way that might be unwarranted in whatever our thoughts and, and context of which God is leading our life or being in too much credit card debt or telling lies. The biggest thing that we have to focus on is doing first what matters most and what matters is our relationship with Jesus and that at one point in time there's going to come a moment when it is too late and we are not ready so today Jesus he speaks this parable in his farewell sermon uh, and a parable we simply define as this a a riddle that illustrates he always taught in these captivating stories to his audience to let it hook in their lives and, and sow a seed that, uh, that opened their eyes in a different way. So join me in Matthew chapter 25. We're looking at this parable known as the, the foolish bridesmaids or the parable of the ten virgins. Matthew chapter 25 verses 1 through 13. 
Then the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The five that were foolish didn't take enough olive oil for oil for their lamps. But the other five were wise enough to take extra oil. When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, they were roused by a shout, Look, the bridegroom is coming. Come out and meet him. All the bridesmaids got up and prepared the lamps, and the five foolish ones asked the others, Please give us some of your oil because of our lamps are going out. But the others replied, We don't have enough for all of us. Go to the shop and buy some for yourselves. But while they were gone to buy the oil, the bridegroom came in, came, and then those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was locked. Later, the other five bridesmaids returned, and they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back, believe me, I don't know you. So you too must keep watch, for you do not know the day or the hour of my return. And that is... Jesus is speaking to this crowd with this idea, being ready. And for us in this room, we have an opportunity to be ready. So when it comes to doing first what matters most, number one for us this morning is this, make every day count. Make every day count. Make every moment count. First century people knew how to party you know, in the American custom, maybe you've gone to a wedding, and typically they happen on Saturdays, a few hours on a, in an afternoon, and they maybe start with pictures, they have the ceremony, they have the cocktail hour, then they have the reception or the dinner, and some people, maybe the aunts or uncles who are a little crazy, dance until wee hours of the morning. Most normal people are like, hey, we got to go to bed because, you know, the sun's coming up the next day. But first century people knew how to party. They didn't just let the party stop on a Saturday. They kept that thing going. It was a few days, maybe a week, maybe two. And whenever the first century party and the wedding was happening in the town, everybody was invited. It would be, uh, you, you know how we say now, here comes the groom, right? Like, you know, like here, or here comes the bride, excuse me. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> I'll stop. <laughs> but here comes the bride? Right? They were like, hey, here comes the groom, like shouting it out, here comes the groom. You know, like I imagine that, that you know, like a, a hip-hop beat, and while I'm coming through the town, my wife is like, she's waiting for me. It's like, oh, yeah, woo, Blake's coming, here comes the groom. Like that's what, that's my, my mind. Now it's like, I don't know how we ever got to here comes the bride. Like so, so boring. <laughs> but like it was one of those those contexts and those scenes, like when the, broom, when the, when the groom was coming, the, the crowd would be out. The bridesmaid's responsibility was saying like, hey, we're keeping focus. We're waiting for, for them to come. We're, we're seeing the groom. And when the groom comes, we all got to be ready. But there's the five wise and the five foolish. See, the five foolish in context is in this parable, this Riddle that illustrates is either us or we're wise. We're foolish or we're wise. See, the, they were foolish because they didn't take serious the responsibility. They were foolish because they weren't ready. They got lackadaisical. 
They were foolish because they lacked discipline. They fell asleep. They, they weren't really ready. They didn't understand that the day is counting, that the moment is occurring, that there was something they need to do. They were foolish because they relied on others rather than God, rather than saying, what is my responsibility? What is the moment that I need to own and be wise about? See, Jesus shares this final story in his farewell message with the challenge of you and I, we can't get accustomed to looking like looking at life as a, a Bill Murray groundhog day where we just go through the motions, but we have to say, hey, if it's a little task, let's own that little task. If it's a moment that I'm just kind of lackadaisical in, let me not be lackadaisical, Lord. Let me have your presence in my life, your spirit in my life, so whenever it, it does come, I have an opportunity, I'm making it count. No matter what we go through, we can't, as Christians, as the body of Christ, afford just to go through the motions and say, hey, it is what it is. It's this idea of understanding that, you know what, there's a moment that you're in right now where you are the best Bible that someone will ever read. Make that moment count. Make every day count. Matthew 5 Verses 14 and 16, Jesus speaks earlier, You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Being wise, not foolish. You have Fall Fest coming up next week. Great opportunity this week to make every day count. I know Pastor Tim talked about uh, last week, who are you praying for? Who are you, you, you hoping that God brings through these doors on this church property? Make every day count. Pray, God, I need someone that I can have a divine encounter with to witness to, to share your love, your hope with. I look at it like this and illustrate it. We talk about having our oil ready. You see a first century replica oil lamp where our deeds and how bright our light shines is how much oil we put in the lamp, how the pure quality oil we put in the lamp. When you're making every day count, you are putting, I'm saying, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be focused in putting the oil in the lamp to let my light shine. Church, I wanna challenge you, encourage you, make it count, put the oil, put the right oil in the lamp so the light can shine. When it comes to doing first what matters most, it's this clear understanding in this scripture and in chapter 25 is that we need to, too, understand not everything can be borrowed. Not everything can be borrowed. Early on in my, my youth, when I came across this text, I was always mesmerized by it because it says, okay, we can't borrow this oil, but you know, at one point in Scripture it says in John 15, 13, greater love has no one than this, that someday some, somebody lay down his life for a friend. So at one point I give up my life, but on another point I can't give up some oil to let some people into the party? Doesn't really make sense. But Jesus is saying this when he's teaching this, that not everything can be borrowed. Your character cannot be borrowed. 
You can't borrow the wise choices that you make. You can't borrow a relationship with Jesus. See, we live in a context and a culture that says, hey, we can borrow money. We can borrow sometimes spouses. We can borrow maybe people's cars. We can borrow a lot, but one thing we cannot borrow is who's in the center of our life, our relationship with Jesus. There's this painting I came across by this uh, individual's name was Adolf Menzel. Now, what's fascinating is this is Adolf Menzel's painting of King Frederick the Great in 1757. He paints this photo, but you notice that there's this brown spot, this kind of gray spot that gets left out. Menzel painted with the outskirt and the outside starting his way in the landscape. And he puts characters in the, the generals, the peoples, the soldiers, the captains. But he forgot the most centrally important figure, the king. See, a lot of times in our life, we want to paint outside and work our way in. When the truth of the matter is, we should start inside and work our way out. Who is Jesus in our life? Who's the leader of our life? The great C.S. Lewis, he puts it this way, put first things first and second things are thrown in. Put second things first and you lose both first and second things. In John Chapter 9, verses 4 through 5 says this, We must quickly carry out the task assigned by the one who sent us. The night is coming when no one can work, but while I am here in the world, I am the light of the world. You and I have to come to this complete understanding, this knowing in, in chapter 25 of our text that there are some things that cannot be borrowed. Your relationship with Jesus cannot be borrowed. And my encouragement to you today is when it comes to doing first what matters most is who are you putting in the center of your painting? Are you starting and then fitting? Or are you saying, I'm going to start in the middle and work my way out? When it comes to doing first what matters most, not only do we make everyday count, understand that some things can't be borrowed, but number three is this for us, is we value, we value God's available grace. In my youth, I came across this story, and I never really quite understood the grace in this story. See, the grace in the story is this, just that. We get to continue to read the story. We get to continue to hear the message. We get to continue to see what, uh, see what it means and how it can apply to our lives. I'm from the South, and uh, in Florida, we, we always get some people who um, maybe have different thinking and, 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 and some of their lifestyles a little different. And this one day, this man attended this funeral in a small country rural Florida town. And the man was from a large city and never attended a funeral like this. This casket was open and the preacher spoke a sermon. And as the preacher spoke the sermon, he pounded the pulpit and he looked at the casket and said, it's too late for Joe. 
Man, I've been in some of them churches and down south, it's like, woo, it's a little hard to receive what they're saying. Joe may have wanted to get his life together, spend more time with his family, make things right, but now Joe is dead and it's too late for him. Can you imagine sitting in that kind of like, woo, like, hope this guy doesn't talk to me. <laughs> then the preacher looked at the crowd. And he pointed and he said, it's not too late for you. The man from the city was so angry at the preacher. On the way home, he told his wife, have you ever seen anything like that? Manipulative and insensitive. That was disgusting. She responded, I have never seen anything like that. It was manipulative it was disgusting. It was insensitive. And then she looks at her husband and she says, but guess what? It was true. You know, there's moments where we don't want to hear some of the hard truth for us. We don't want to receive what is being said. But we have great favor right now. I love how one pastor put it, that favor is also known as grace. That we have a grace and we have a favor to still read the story. The late R.C. Sproul wrote this. He says, God's grace is not infinite. God is infinite. And God is gracious. We experience the grace of an infinite God, but grace is not infinite. God sets limits to his patience and his forbearance. He warns us over and over again that someday the axe will fall and his judgment will be poured out. Church, I'm challenging you. Do first what matters most. Make every day count. Understand that some things can't be borrowed. Value God's available grace. Our faith not only saves us from something, but it also saves us for something. And that's doing first what matters most. As we get close to wrapping up this morning, I want to challenge you with this. Number four for us is this, stay alert, stay alert. The bridesmaids were left outside yelling, please let us in, and the, group looks, the groom looks upon them and says, I do not know you. Jesus' response to his crowd, he says this, so you too must keep watch, for you do not know the day or the hour of my return. The, or the original language, keep watch, means to stay awake, to be on lookout. Remember to always be observing, always be looking, always being aware. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, talks about whenever the Apostle Paul says this one, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. See, unlike the foolish bridesmaids, they didn't have an opportunity. They, or they had an opportunity, excuse me, but they missed out on that opportunity. They, they took for granted. They kind of went through the motions. They didn't make every moment count. They didn't really value the grace that they were given. They said, you know what, hey, you know, I can always borrow something, but the truth of the matter is this, if you're in this place, we're going to be very real about getting real, that you can't borrow a relationship with Jesus. 
But if you're in this place that Jesus is working on your heart and your mind and your soul right now to say, hey, where are you at? Are you doing first what matters most? Is, is he in the center of your painting? What kind of fuel are you filling up in your lamps? Like this week, you have Fall Fest. Who are you praying about? Who are you saying, God, give me a bold, divine conversation. Give me, give me something that, I, that takes me beyond myself to go and, and reach someone who is far from you into a radical, life-changing relationship with your son, Jesus. Stay alert, church. Do first what matters most means we are awake. We see those around us in our communities, our neighbors, our colleagues. This uh, beginning of the school year, there's this, my church, we host our elementary leadership team uh, for a luncheon every year. So we'll have about um, over 100 some teachers, security resource officers, janitors. We invite their whole staff, anybody that is paid that it comes out volunteers hey come to lunch and it's awesome public school teachers they all they all show up and i'm like i add this hey if you're on our turf we're gonna hit you in the face with the radical life-changing message about jesus and that's just how we roll like we don't shy away from it and uh i see this lady out there and i'm like she's so familiar i look to my wife i'm like who is this lady and kind of short weird way she was a mom of one of uh of players on one of my son's team baseball team so i was like hey Britt, go talk to her like you know whenever it's like bold i'm like hey Britt, you go and i'll follow you know like uh practice what you preach pastor blake you know that's how we roll and she gets talking and and it was just kind of a, a god encounter i would say i wouldn't like no doubt in my mind she comes up to us after and she's like hey you know like hey we're talking baseball and hey what are you doing you know everybody talks their sons up we're like yeah my son you know like going through the fun conversation and then it got real she goes hey can you pray for us and i knew her husband because he was like an assistant coach strong good-looking guy like was out there all the time and went to the dentist over and over and it's like i got a sore in my mouth Got a sore in my mouth. And so she's telling us this story. And she goes, he ends up having stage four oral cancer. Overnight, they have to go up to Tampa. They have to get like have 60, 70% of his tongue removed and do all this crazy thing. Like for like uh, about a month, he's feeding tube, his trachea. I mean, it was, it, it was hard like to imagine the strong man to now like looking real feeble. and. And his name's Matt, and her name's Carrie, and we prayed for her, and they're like, hey, we'd love to come to church, and she came to church and brought the family, and, and Matt's probably the toughest guy I know to this day. Like, one week after the surgery, he's sitting in church, he's like, hey, Pastor Blake, I'm, I'm here, man, like, thanks for the invite, like, hey, Grayson loves kids, and da-da-da, and, and that's her sons, and... Now they're attending Bible studies. They're committed members of the church. They went through our next step classes. And I want to encourage you to do that if you haven't here at Central. It's just phenomenal the way God works when the opportunity is in front. Church, you have people all around you in the context of where you live, where you work, 
how you interact within your community. When we do first what matters most, we're staying alert and we're reaching lost people for the greater good of Jesus. So we're going to wrap up and I know I probably went a little long, but I want to challenge you here in a moment. Juan's going to lead us in a, a worship song. And I would like to invite the prayer team down. Uh, I'm going to ask each and every one of us if you'll go ahead and stand. And As the prayer ma- team makes their way down, if you want to get serious about doing first what matters most, it begins with a relationship with Jesus. And then after we start and own our personal relationship with Jesus, you know what we do? We go make that known. You got baptisms coming up. I encourage you, be involved there. Get baptized if you haven't been. Secondly, you have an awesome opportunity with Fall Fest next week. Invite people out. Life-changing message. Who are we putting in the center of our painting? So if you want to start a relationship with Jesus, when we start to uh, sing this, this song, I'm going to invite you to come pray with one of the prayer partners, or if you have a specific need and you just need someone to stand in with you, I'm going to invite you to also seek prayer and, and lean in, because you're not doing this life alone. You have a beautiful church family, and this is an amazing church of leaders, world changers in this community. Let's continue to do our best on behalf of God's kingdom. Let's pray.